welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm your only good buddy, Elkin Beltry. Now, Elkin, the uh, free agency has been happening. Um, trades, trades have been made, and uh, we are going to talk about the trades today. We, we, we could talk about everything, but man, that would take a while. What we think we'll split that up and talk about the trades that have happened thus far in free agency that have had a basically, I don't know, I, those have been like the biggest things in my opinion. I mean, Jalen Brunson, well, it's fine and great. Like, you know, let, we're, we're here to talk about the trades today. So, um, the big news uh, dropped in about four hours before free agency opened and, and, and begun. And, um, uh, well, I should say you know, before official free agency uh, had begun. Um, and, the news comes down, at the, but at the same time, like within a minute of, of one another, that Kevin Durant has asked for a trade, right? Kevin Durant has asked for a trade request um, directly to the owner, and that Royce O'Neal is going to uh, the um, uh, Brooklyn Nets for basically what's going to amount to Philly's first-round pick this upcoming year. And I thought to myself... Uh, there I was sitting on my exercise bike, and I asked myself, what is this? <laughs> What's going on uh, in, in Brooklyn? So, so I ask you, um, what is going on in Brooklyn, Elgin? I mean, I think Brooklyn kind of realized, I mean, they put themselves in this position. They gutted their future once again to get pick up like a James Harden. To, I mean, it wasn't really that bad to get Kevin Durant. We all know the infamous signing trade with D'Angelo Russell involved in that. And then Kyrie, I believe, free agency pickup, right, with Kyrie? Yeah, I mean, they, they were able to get KD, Kyrie, and, and... DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, right. And what's interesting, I think at this point, Brooklyn like was like, ah, oh, you got to be kidding me, almost type of feeling, because they're like, hey, we're going to re- build our, our team around these guys. And then like your main piece, which is KD, is like, nah, I'm out of here. Which at this point, you're like, everyone has a draft pick. I mean, Houston Rockets, they're like, yes, go ahead, please be a bad team next year nets will happily take that give us more chances to get that top pick but i think brooklyn though kind of has a has that silver lining where they're like someone's gonna get kd if he really wants out someone's gonna get him and we're gonna be able to get some draft capital back they're like we're gonna get some back so that's the only way i think brooklyn has to look at this is like there's our chance with kd and we'll talk about the next topic a little bit with Kyrie. This is our way to get it back. I think this is Brooklyn's only way, which I will give props to Brooklyn. So the op- we know how documented that infamous trade to get Garnett Pierce was, how the Celtics pretty much got their first-round draft picks, right? Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I think, from that period in time to that Brooklyn team that had, like, Lavert, Allen, D'Angelo Russell, I think they did a solid job rebuilding in that manner. For me, I give them props in the way that they rebuild in that way. So it might be a similar situation where they're like, we might have to rebuild like that. But who knows? That's a, it's a whole different NBA, a whole different way of building your teams. But I think Brooklyn's just like, man, there's we don't have many options except using KD as our big, I can't say money getter, but our, our big draft pick getter. And, and it can't just be draft picks because the thing is with, with going to Houston, you don't have your own. And mm-hmm. um, one unique thing, so th- this year, uh, it's a swap that the that the Rockets have in. And when the trade was made, um, it's, you know, it, you look and you think to yourself, like, oh, well, 
Houston asking for swaps. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they they did. Um, is, is it? Hold on, I, I might have to double check this. I don't I don't know if, if it's a swap this year, but but no worries. But, um, if I, I think it's a swap, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's a swap. Uh, I got I got to go to Tankathon and, and and figure it out. But um, with uh, okay, yeah, they, they do have their pick, but if if um, Houston is somehow better than them this year, then then Houston is right to swap. Uh, with with these swaps, like you know, could it be possible that um, you know the Nets are are, are worse? Well, well, we we find that as being a semi possibility, and and the unique thing is, well, the the Nets don't want to be bad. They know that they can't be long term because if they are, they like. They're just going to be giving their picks away. They do have a unique opportunity, though, in the swap years where, hey, if Houston is still bad, I think Houston's still going to be bad this year. Um, well, if Houston's still bad and we're also bad, well, maybe we're swapping within the top five, right, or the top ten, and it's not that painful. Um, but you you can't really go about it that way because, well, guess, guess what? Next year you're giving them your totally unprotected pick. So the they're kind of in a weird spot, and I think that the way they're going to go about it is they're just going to say, you know what, let's go ahead and try to get back, yes, as many picks as we can from whoever it is, but also we need to get back some young talent. They have to salary match. the other This other team that we're trading with has to match salary, and let's have those salaries be not awful people, not awful players. Uh, let's get some things back for them, and that's kind of the um, impetus here uh, when it comes to these uh, these trades. Now, um, basically, looking at it, there, there's four teams that have what would amount to possible trade opportunities, um, possible you know things, and two of them are on Kevin Durant's list. But I look at it, and I, these are the only teams that I see. Right, you look at teams like. Uh, I guess like, your Pacers, my Pistons, we're not making a trade for Kevin Durant. We do not have the, um, uh, the, <laughs> do not the have things the that would make that, that even work. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why? Why? Even if you, like, if we trade for Kevin Durant, we're not we're not making the playoffs. So we, we I think, by, like, my, my yeah. playoffs, but we're like, we're not going anywhere. I think, I think both Durant of our teams, yeah, both of our teams were like, we, he wants to win. We don't have an enticing package. And you know, like for you, we know that you will have to give up one of your key players. Like they'll probably like pick up the pick. Let's just say Troy Weaver picks up the phone, right? Receives a call from Sean Marks. He's still the GM of the of the Nets, right? Sean Marks, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Sean Marks is like, "All right, we'll start off with Kay Cunningham," and then at that yeah. point, he'll hear the dial tone. That'll be it. Yeah, and and that, that that's why that's why it's never been a you know a, a real possibility. And so you look around, it's like there are there are essentially four teams out there that that I could see. Um, I mean, really, yeah, really. Um, and, and so looking at it, the top two are ones that were on Katie's list, right? The Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns. Now the Miami Heat, uh, this is basically their offer. Their offer is, uh, Tyler Hero as kind of the young piece, right? Who, you know, sixth man of the year, right? Okay. Awesome. He'll be starting for you. Uh, Next year, you're trying to do a hero Ben Simmons type thing, right? You're, I guess you're now building around Ben Simmons. And in order to salary match, though, you've got to throw in Duncan Robinson. Okay, that's easy. Um, 
but you also have to throw in Kyle Lowry, which, uh, I mean, you, you look around, it's like, well, I don't really see, oh, it's been, you know, I've seen it cross my Twitter timeline. Kevin Durant would be okay going there, but he wants, you know, Lowry, Bam, he wants and all those to stay there. Yeah. Which is like, the... which is like, we know Bam can't go. We Bam know, can't go, yeah. We know the Nets don't really want Butler because of his – honestly, because of his age. Like, well, I it's feel just like, like, why would you do – who does that help? That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> that doesn't right? help anyone. And so then that leaves the obvious piece well, to include is Kyle Lowry. Um, the, the only way that you can – that you'd be able to make that trade without Kyle Lowry is if you are patient and you wait. Like, you'd have to wait until Victor Lodipo is able to be traded. You'd have to wait until – um, uh, you know, maybe you sign Caleb Martin to a, uh, some sort of deal and then you can go through and make that trade later on. But we're now, we're now talking about, um, a little while from now, right? That immediacy is not there. I'm going to say, um, uh, so unless, unless Durant is patient. Yeah. Help me out here. We're recently signed. Is it, what is it? Would it be like in December with those guys? I believe it's December 15th. I have to look okay. like I, I, I'm on a Bradley Beal page because, you know, I'm just, but Bradley Beal, for example, cannot be traded until December 15. I can go try to figure out what that looks like for um, Oladipo, for example, because he would be one. You know, yeah, and, and I feel like, I mean, what? how do you feel like the urgency for the Nets? I feel like the Nets don't feel like any urgency to make a deal right now, kind of rush into it. I'm kind of getting that sense. Like, there's not really a super need for it. I think, I think you might want to do a deal so you can start off, let's just say, with the roster that you have and because I feel like if you have KD on there, I think KD would play. If he's on the Nets in the beginning of the season, I think he would play. Play those games, which, of course, for the Nets means you're probably going to win more games with KD on there. So, I mean, it's one of those things. But you want to get something like a valued package back, though. Yeah, and I'm just going to Victor Olivo. He It says he can't be traded until January 15. Maybe that's a mistake. Ooh. I don't know. But, so like, point is, yes, you want to be patient if you're the Nets. But at the same time, you, I feel like you want to move on from this. You don't want this to nope. be – like people already don't want this story to be dominating their July 4th weekend. They probably and want – I feel like they probably want to move on with KD and Kyrie around the same time. I feel like that's kind of – now, could the – with a lot of these scenarios we're going to talk about, could they include a third team to make it work? Not with this one. Not okay. with – I mean, you can – you can have a third team in there if you like. The reason to have a third team is all right. You're trading this. Well, for, for example, let's say that the Brooklyn Nets didn't have. Uh, you know, this trade happened. Duncan Robinson, Hero, Lowry, and by the way, Miami Heat can offer if they do some finagling up to three firsts. Uh, maybe some swaps in there too. I don't know. Um, but let's say that Brooklyn had no need for Kyle Lowry anymore. Cool. Sure. You could then get a third team in, reroute him, and maybe that team has some things that you would like. Like, it was rumored that the Pelicans wanted um, Kyle Lowry, right? Well, let's let's reroute him there, and let's bring back, you know, maybe a couple of their young guys, perhaps. I don't know. Um, so, like, that's where you could do it. But you can't get around the salary issues of salary matching um, that – with with the heat with what they're sending out they need to be able to if they're bringing back kevin durant they need to send out uh enough salary to make that work no that i get that that definitely that definitely makes sense all right so 
that is uh, that, that's the heat that's the heat package right yeah that's it so let's go to the suns i mean kevin durant's other preferred team now we know it's going to include something of Aiden, which of course would then be a sign and trade mm-hmm. the way Aiden uh contract is going to be we have to include mikhail bridges i think i mean we're thinking about it has to be money wise and then of course asset wise like you want someone like mikhail coming in return and then definitely draft picks. I think you put, what'd you put? Four firsts and three swaps. So does that mean that one first is just like get theirs completely and then the other three well, are going to be swaps? They, no, no, no. So they have all of their first round picks from now until as far as you can trade it in 2029. They have all of them. So start with 2023, right? 25, 27, 29. Send them all and then all the uh-huh. picks in between the Stepien rules, okay. swaps. There we go. That makes sense. And I was going to ask you then that next question. Does the swap make it easy then to do the ones in between? Okay. Now, and I'm looking at this. I think this might be more. If I don't know how much the Nets want this. And I know the, the Suns are probably going to project it to be fairly good. But, I mean, those swaps, I think, come into play. It just seems like this seems like a pretty decent package, like a good package on the net side like i like this one i don't know how you feel about this i like this package better than the heat package here's the problem here's the problem with this package it makes life incredibly complicated for you salary wise definitely because of the sign and trade we now have the hard cap restriction which uh guess what right now the nets are already over so they would have to dump salary uh in order to make it happen um and Again, the problem with sign-in trades, you might look at it and say, well, you know, if DeAndre Ayton's making, you know, 31, or, you know, if he's making the max, and Mikael Bridges is making 21, well, that's more than enough salary. The problem is with sign-in trades, there's this thing called base year compensation, where uh, DeAndre Ayton's salary has jumped up enough that basically the going out of DeAndre Ayton's salary is going to be half of what's actually going out. Like, that's the way it's counted. So, Let's say you give DeAndre Ayton $30 million contract. Well, it only counts as $15 million. So 15 plus Mikel Bridges is 21 is what goes out, and that's enough matching salary to bring Kevin Durant back in. That so, makes sense, yeah. Th- th- so that, but the problem is, in reality, they're sending out like $50 million. And so <laughs> yeah. the Nets, who are already over that hard cap line, are now even more above it. So you'd have to do – you'd have to – you run into issues, especially any Lakers issue, Lakers trades with for Kyrie that you might eventually want to make. Well, how, how does that happen now? Because Russell Westbrook has a bigger. So you start to run into these um, potential issues. And it would um, make sense. You would think the Nets probably want to put themselves like, like keep like keep trying to dump as much money as they can at this point because mm-hmm. they have no incentive to push that. To, I mean, to be in the tax, they have no incentive at all at this point. Yeah. And, and so I think that they'd be fine being hard capped because they don't need to spend, you know, you're, you're hard capped about $6 million over the, oh, into the tax. But again, you, you it's just, it, it becomes more, this package, whenever you're doing the sign trade, it just becomes more complicated. And uh, so they would have to find a home for, and maybe you do it this way. Maybe you say, all right, we're making the, a trade with the Lakers or we're, we're finding a way to offload Joe Harris and Seth Curry and if you do that to this is where maybe that third team comes in right and the pacers having enough money could be all right we'll land seth curry and then we'll we'll trade him off at some point we'll land joe harris and um but then 
now some of those first rounders that are headed to um, Brooklyn probably need to be rerouted right to the Pacers to for, for, for playing ball essentially. Okay, okay. Now, now I get what you're saying. That's I guess, not, I, 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 base year compensation is a thing that's always going to cost on. Yeah, that. I, I mean, but I'm saying this. I think, oh, man, that does make it true. It, it just it just means you got to do more, and um, yeah. it, it can't be a, a one for one. This is the trade. There has to be other things that that, that occur too. Okay. So it, it's just a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing: I don't do the Suns want Aiton? They just went out and gave Nick Claxton a little bit more money. I mean, it's only ten million uh, per year, so you know it's not like it's prohibitive. But they, if they really wanted to do this trade, then you want to not have as much salary on your books as possible. And so that's uh, that. I don't know. It it just seems like the Nets aren't as interested in this trade, even if. KD wants to go this direction. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to the, we got our third team here, uh, Raptors, which it's going to have to, we're looking at a package of, and I think Richard, you brought up a good point. Like this one, we got to get some, got to include a little bit more people to get the salary to match a little bit. So we got Scotty Barnes. I feel like outside of salary, talent wise, the Nets probably are like, only way we'll talk to you, Toronto is if. Scotty Barnes is in the highlight or the main, the main part of your package. And then Scotty Barnes is on a rookie deal. So we got to add some players on there. So we got OG Ananobi. We definitely got Gary Trent and include some first in there. Now, it seems like this one would be, I feel like this is more straight up than like a Suns package. Like the Toronto Raptors one would be like more, more straight up. They've got to make sure the salary matches. Yeah, I mean, this, this one is a bit more like the Miami Heat one in mm-hmm. the way that it can happen pretty smoothly. Like, mm-hmm. the, the the thing about it, though, is you look at it and it's like, hey, well, yeah, I'd rather have Scotty Barnes than Tyler Hero, OG Ananobi, uh, you know, over maybe an, an aging Kyle Lowry or um, the Gary Trent, like Gary Trent Jr. over Duncan Robinson. Or maybe you, maybe you view those as being, uh, you know, similar, right? They're making similar money and or whatever. It's just maybe Gary Trent's not... Not quite as long of a contract. I, I don't know, uh, but then it's you. You look at it and say, like, "Well, Toronto is in a situation a little like Phoenix in having all of their first round picks, right?" So, like I look at it and it's like Scotty Barnes is the best asset um, individual player uh, of the teams we've talked about so far. That like if I'm the if I'm the Nets, like that's who I want. Um, the guy who who you know the six eight, uh, six nine. Um, you know, guy with the incredible wingspan can handle the ball and showed promises as you know shooter, known for defense. Even if you know there were some areas where he struggled there on that end in, in his first year, and um, but you know part of a very good uh, Raptors defense, and and so like OG Nobi's awesome too. Like there were there were rumors that they didn't want to give up him up for the number seven pick, uh, which which Portland was offering. So that's um, you know. That's kind of where we're. I just look at it. I, I think like Toronto has the best offer. You can do all of the picks, all of the pick swaps, and then Scotty Barnes, OG, and Trent. And it has to be those guys, uh, unless you're trying to include Pascal Siakam, um, for money matching, right? That's the same issue, right? If you're patient, okay, then, you know, down the road we can uh, add Chris Boucher or Thaddeus Young, right? Well, and here's the thing you actually might be able to. 
include Thad Young. Who you know? Let, let me. I, so, I thought I thought Thad Young just signed though. He did, but they did it in. I I I just heard this. I don't know which podcast it was, but I just heard that they signed him in a way um, that it like is essentially acted as it allows him to be traded immediately. Um, I don't know how that how they did it, but I think it's like they, they did it where they, they, they signed him like last last um, league year, like they were able to time it so that it, it counted last league year rather than this new league year because of the space that they had and and so uh, or I, I don't I don't totally know or understand, but that's that's my understanding. Let me see if I can do it without including uh, Gary Trent Jr. Um, just as far as money or, or see how close we are. All right. All right. So, uh, okay. Well, it would, inc- it would be helpful if I, if I traded Kevin Durant, um, <laughs> to the Raptors on the trade machine. Okay. So you do that. You're now within range. Now you can, now you're three, basically 3 million away. Uh, and here's where, all right, let's go ahead and throw Malachi Flynn. Let's go ahead and throw, um, you know, Kem Birch, I don't, I don't know, uh, or Precious Achua, if you if you wanted to, and 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 now we're there, and you can hold on to Gary Trent Jr. Um, there now, yes, yeah, so it still says it's failed because of Thaddeus Young, but I remember hearing that he can be traded early because of the way that they did it. So uh, Spotrack just, uh, or sorry, Fanspo or uh, Trade NBA, whatever it is, they might <laughs> just not be able to, to to do that yet. So it's anyways, hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up. With it, it is. Now. Like, Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So, okay. So now that definitely makes more sense. I see where you're coming from. And now let's go ahead and do uh, the last team that we know for sure that's been kind of like spoken about there are the Pelicans. Now, I think this one, their trade package kind of depended on that Zion extension. Like if Zion hadn't signed that extension yet, I know he would have been that name on there. Because I feel like that would have been the Nets would have been like, we want Zion. That would have been like the first one. But he signed the extension, so not eligible. Nets can't get him. So we got Brandon Ingram and first, and we know that the Pelicans got plenty of first to dish out. So I'm sure the Nets are going to be like, all right, go ahead. David Griffin, just put those first on the table. Let's see what you got. But now Brandon Ingram, this would be more, would the Nets have to add any other player besides Kevin Durant? Or can it be a straight up like Durant and then Brandon Ingram and some first? Like, would it be? Brandon Ingram, I mean, he's the guy. I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, Kevin Durant, if you just do Kevin Durant for Brandon Ingram, it doesn't work because basically the Pelicans need to add about $5 million more to make it happen. Uh, but, you know, those guys are on the roster. Like, you can, you know, if you say you want to do Devontae Graham, if you want to get even closer, like, okay, that 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 gets you there. Um, it's the thing about Brandon Ingram over what would have been Zion is it just makes it easy like it's just one person, right? A, a one for one type of a thing, um, and with with Zion, you would have had to cobble together, all right, Jonas Valanciunas's contract and Devonte Graham's contract and maybe Larry. Ne- you would have had to piece together all of these players. With Brandon Ingram, you're able to do it rather um, simply and more straightforward. And the, I put just picks there. I don't know how many first round picks you'd have to throw in to make this work. Um, 
the thing is, like, they just have a, a bunch of picks. And, and so the problem with this is, is the haggling over, all right, well, which picks do we want? We would like the Lakers picks, please. Actually, why don't we give you Milwaukee's picks or our own picks? Or, you know, so there's a lot of, like, uh, weird, um, like, I feel like you could talk in circles over and over and over again about, you know, what the proper compensation is. Um, I think this one's fine. I just... My issue with Toronto or the Pelicans is that if KD goes there, does he view those rosters as like ones that he, like like he could win a cha- like win a championship with while also it being like his team? Like that's the thing like where we we've not mentioned the Warriors once here, right? Because while the Warriors could do it, like you can do Wiggins and all the young guys and and get there. But like it just doesn't seem like a thing that either side is going to want to do right now because like people, you know, didn't care for how Kevin Durant won his rings or or went about that process last time, even though I don't don't have a problem with it. Um, But if you go here, it's like, all right, well, it's, I mean, Zion has done nothing to make it his team. You got CJ McCollum there. And so it's like, yeah, Hey, this is, this is a Kevin Durant team. Um, You go to Toronto and, yeah, they have guys who have won a ring there already, but guess what? It's Kevin Durant's team over Pascal Siakam's team or Fred Van Vliet's team. So I I just I think that uh while those situations um like should be Kevin Durant should look there's like, well, what if he just doesn't want to go to New Orleans? What if he doesn't want to go to Canada? Um and he'd rather play in Miami or or in Phoenix. I don't know. Like it's uh I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I, mean, it, I think it, it's tough. I think at the end of the day though, I keep reminding myself that the Nets still have the power. I mean, obviously Kevin Durant said was preferred place, but the Nets can still pick a team that makes it the best sense for them. So I mean it could be a fifth team. I mean I I got, I would have to look at all teams situations, but I can't think of many other teams besides these four who really want to make a push for so, Kevin Durant. So, yeah, it, it, it's tough to think, but I only can think of like one more um, that uh, that would make sense to like it would make any sense to me. Um, but it's it's still it's like these other teams can uh, can basically beat this offer, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. Um, like you can do the, Hey, here's every pick. Here's every pick we can possibly trade. The problem is Portland also has some, uh, uh, firsts that are floating out there. Um, and, and they don't have all of their own. Um, but you know, they, they've got, they've got enough that they could send and it's, it would be a shade and sharp, you know, he's, he's kind of the, the guy, you know, the kind of the, the one, the Miss Mystery Man from this past draft. And you need Josh Hart. You need Eric Bledsoe for the salary matching. Those are not names that, like, get you excited if you're um, a fan of, of, of Brooklyn. Keon Johnson, super young, you know, guy. But he's already been traded once. So it's, I, I just, it's it's not enough. It can get you there. But I don't know. I, I just, it, it, it it's tough to find tons of, of options. And I think that's what makes this whole Kevin Durant trade thing. Like what we're seeing with this and going through and thinking about it, it's like, there's only four teams. And while you expect 
a, a trade for Kevin Durant to have everything out there, there's there's money complications that um, that come into play. There's where Kevin Durant wants to go, uh, and on the terms he would like to to get there, th- there are complications there as well. And so it's just not easy. It's just not an easy fit. And so if Kevin Durant comes back for a trade, um, uh, if you look, it's like that's it. That that's all you know for for Kevin Durant. It's it's because it's a tough process, and um, there's only like four teams that can really get involved here. So yeah, I would hoping though. For other team, I was hoping you would have said Thunder. That's who I was uh, really wishing. But I know. Saw, saw, a, t- saw a tweet that said, uh, w- would he go back to OKC? Never. All caps. So that, that, that that's what I saw coming across my Twitter timeline, that he would not do that. You know, it would be cool if Seattle created a team and he ended up on Seattle in the twilight of his career. I think that would be cool. Now, let's go ahead and move on to his teammate, one Kyrie Irving. Now, this one, we've definitely, I think, he, was it that he re-signed for that 36 mil, or was it a player option? What was it? It was a player option. He, he, player he option. opted in. He was trying to, you know, push the, oh, I'll opt out. And, like, there was a whole week of, like, leverage plays of uh-huh. Kyrie threatening to opt out. And, well, if there's one person who would do it, it would be Kyrie. Yeah. Um, Play and, for like the what the mid level exception. Yeah, play, 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 no, sorry, yeah, play, the taxpayer bill. So six, oh. six million dollars. So less. Yeah, like, it wouldn't have been the, that the, much. It was the Lonnie Walker deal. That is what he would have you know signed for. Um, yeah, but but go ahead. It's just it's the leverage to say hey trade me sign trade or else and then the time came and it's like well I'm I'm actually not gonna give up thirty million dollars so I'll just come back for that and it, it seemed like it was over but the you know, Kevin Durant uh, saying, I want to trade out, opens that door to the Los Angeles Lakers again. Um, and that's obviously Kyrie's preferred destination. Um, and the Lakers are the only team out there that seems especially incentivized to make it happen. And, you know, before it was, well, the only way that that can happen is with Russell Westbrook, and we're not bringing in Russell Westbrook to play with Kevin Durant. That's just not the thing that's going to happen. Well, if Kevin Durant's on his way out, then maybe that doesn't matter as much anymore. Um, it's just and oh, so man, back on. No, it's just Richard. I just find it crazy because I know we didn't like the Russell Westbrook signing. We were like, not only did it take away cap space from the Lakers, but you lost some like possibility of getting some good depth to surround. I mean, LeBron and AD, guy, pretty much young guys who play defense and three point shooters who can spread the floor for those two. And for me, I'm like, there's a possibility for them, like. What's been what's been kind of said, I think, reported by Chris Haynes is Russell Westbrook, and you got to throw some picks, and Kyrie Irving and a shooter, most likely Joe Harris. I think that's going to be. It. I know Lakers are kind of like there's been rumors Rapalenka's holding out for Seth Curry, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, so Joe Harris, I think, is has has some injury issues, and that's kind of the like he had, I think has had a couple ankle surgeries in like the past year. Not great. Um, and and so there's a health thing there. Like he, Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook and picks. Like if if Joe Harris is healthy, you do that, no questions asked. Like you 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 you're thieving someone on the way out the door. Um, but if he's not quite right, then it's like, well, you know, we would like Seth Curry, um, because well he's healthy. But the added thing and the sneaky thing here is that. The Lakers are cheap. Lakers are cheap. 
And Which if is so crazy you can get me. Kyrie Irving and get off of Russell Westbrook, and all it costs is taking on Joe Harris's salary to You'll make it, it happen, You'll do it. send all the picks. Set, call it in. Let's do it. So right now, this is a... Um, it, it it's I I get that you know you always want to win but like that's not prohibited the Lakers from like, like when they went for Anthony Davis they could have just waited six months and signed him in free agency outright could have done it and not given up all the picks and swaps but they had to make it happen and ensure that he'd be on their team. Uh, but and, which is like I think it was a given he was gonna be on. It reminded the situation of Carmelo going to the Knicks. The, the Knicks could have literally waited and given Carmelo more talent, but they're like, no, we got to make this deal, right? Even though Carmelo had been saying, I want to go to New York. Sometimes sometimes that perplexes me, Richard. I don't get it. It's like Anthony a kid in a, a clutch client. Yeah. But it's like a kid in a candy store where you're like, hey, you can either wait until closing when they have all this other candy available and it'll be no issue, or you can get it now, but you're going to have to pay more. And it's like, oh, we want it now. That's where, but I think this might actually be like I'll tell you this: if this trade were to happen, which I feel like this, I think as time is going by, I feel like it's more likely it's going to happen. Richard, I don't know what kind of sense you've been getting. I think, I mean, we'll see how many games Kyrie plays. But if you're getting a Kyrie that's, I mean, he doesn't have as much wear and tear, and he's able to play, for me, that's an ideal fit next to LeBron and AD. And I mean, way more ideal than. than Russell yeah. Westbrook. Uh, and you, and you he, save your – go ahead. Here's the thing that I would be would be curious about. Like, do you see something where, like, they're haggling back and forth. Oh, wait, make it Joe Harris or make it Kyrie, you know, or, or make it Seth Curry, right, the back and forth there. Well, guess – and the reason why the Nets want to do it is, again, if you want to be able to do the Kevin Durant trade for, like, the, the sign trade with Aiton, you need to clear off some money. And so um, – the, definitely incentivized to do that right now. You're, yeah, you're incentivized. Yeah, that's why you want to include Joe Harris rather than Seth Curry. Um, you don't care about you know players and and what they can do uh, as far as you know are are they good or not. So the uh, what you could do is if you really want to get crazy again, first round picks have to be there 20, 27th, 29th, um, 27th, 29th first, and then a pick swap in at twenty eight. Um, if you really want to get crazy, why not send both Joe Harris and Seth Curry uh, over over to um, Los yeah. Angeles? If you really needed to clear space, right? If that was kind of the along, goal. Along, you know, talking about along with Kyrie as well? Along with Kyrie. Um, and all you have yeah. to do uh, if you're the Lakers is, uh, well, in order to make it happen, Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn. Money works. And you're yeah. able to clear out $11.7 million. Um, the, the, the reason why the Nets might not want to do this is you probably can get Seth Curry a trade and get an asset back uh, in return. <laughs> but if, yeah. if this is if this is what opens up, you getting all the Lakers stuff, you know, years after LeBron James is retired and Anthony Davis is no longer on the team and they haven't had a way to get better, like, you know, it seems like it would be, it would be a fine... That, Richard, if that were to happen... I guarantee you the internet will go so crazy. Oh, yeah. They would be like, how is it the Lakers going to keep getting away with this? Remind me of this pre-Twitter, pre-all this. When the Lakers got Pal Gasol, people were up in arms. I know some people like to go back, hindsight 2020, and they're like, oh, but the Grizzlies got Marcus All. No, no, no. No one thought Marcus All was going to be this good, as good as he was. No one at the time. Marcus All was kind of like a throw-in to it mm-hmm. all. 
so that's how I feel like it's going to be like. And I mean, Joe Harris depends how healthy it is. You talked about injury, but like Seth Curry and Kyrie are both shooters, which is exactly what you want. I mean, we'll see what happens oh, yeah. though. I think I think right now the Lakers are definitely pushing to get off of Russ. I mean, I think we all knew there was no way Russ was going to decline his player option. It makes no sense for him to do so. I, I don't think he's going to get another big contract after this. So he might as well get maximized the amount of money he's going to make. But I'm done talking about these two Nets guys. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add. No, I'm done. That's it. That's all right. it. Um, so all go right. ahead and take us to a – Yeah, oh, well, we can kind of throw in – we talked Odin. about we we, oh, we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. that one. no we no no my bad my bad all right so Rudy Gobert Rudy Gobert you go ahead and break this one down go ahead okay so Minnesota had been rumored to be in the Dejounte Murray uh, sweepstakes um, and that ended up being you know he went to Atlanta which we'll talk about later um, but Rudy Gobert goes to Minnesota the, the you know Twin Towers is back are they're back and um, the return for this is all right well. The 2023 first round pick, top 12 protected this year. So I don't know why you need a top 12 protect that. Uh, but if it doesn't convey, it immediately becomes a second uh, round pick. Um, so you're getting, you know, you're either getting a late first or early second. Chances are Minnesota's going to be pretty good. So you're probably getting a late first. Um, 2025 first round pick, unprotected. 2027 first round pick, unprotected. 2029 first, top five protected. Uh, and then 2026 pick swap somewhere in there, right? So essentially you've got um, four first round picks and one pick swap uh, added to that. Now here's the thing. You also essentially got the 2022 first round pick, which was Walker Kessler, uh, a big uh, rim protecting center who has broken many uh, draft models for his rim protection. Um, He's headed back, uh, kind of playing that, could, could potentially play that role there in uh, in Utah. Uh, you also got Leandro Bomaro, a first-round pick from a couple years ago. Jared Vanderbilt, uh, we all we love him on the podcast. Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley. So um, that's the trade. A lot going on, a lot going back and forth. But if, you, if you're Utah, this is the time to blow it up. This is the time to, uh, I mean, you were able to get max uh, value, in my opinion, for Rudy Gobert. And now you get to make a decision. How do you want to do it? Do you want to keep Donovan Mitchell and um, continue to, uh, you know, maybe flip some of those picks into like a DeAndre Ayton type thing? Do you want to, uh, in some sort of sign and trade, do you want to um, uh, just sell off Donovan Mitchell to Miami for that package uh, of Tyler Hero and, um, you know, Duncan Robinson, whatever else, first round picks. Do you want to do that? So what, what do we want to do? Um, you've got options now. If you're Utah, really enjoy it for them. Think it was the right time, right move. Um, and I was starting to worry, like, you know, are you going to, have you waited too long? Nope. They have not. They, they were able to capitalize uh, like on it. They sold right at the right time. It feels like. Yeah. They, and, and now it's, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, I, I was just gonna say it's just, I feel like they should completely blow it up. I'm, I'm more on the side where, they're like, oh, we're gonna. There's been some rumors we're gonna build around Mitchell, see what we can do, but, I still don't see a viable path to compete in the West doing that right now. I mean, this the this is a draft where if you want to be in the top and you know get one top pick, like the top five are loaded this year. Let's let's do it. Um, 
I would be I would be all for that. The problem is Utah in theory is going to be hosting the uh, um, you know hosting uh, the uh, All Star game, and you'd like to have an All Star in it for whatever. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like that's ha- that's an incentive, but it is. And uh, but I'm I'm all for it as well. So overall, good job Utah. We'll see what they do next. Um, but Minnesota. Oh, we got to talk about that. You're now pairing Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. So Carl Anthony Towns becomes a four, essentially, um, in in whatever lineups they're playing. Both of those guys together, which is interesting. Carl Anthony Towns' offensive ability allows you to do that. Um, but I have some questions. Uh, my questions are this. Regular season-wise, it looks like you'll probably be be in good shape, but it feels like you're going to run into situations, certain matchups, um, that just don't allow you to be able to play both of those guys and not be uh, exploited along the perimeter. Um, and maybe they'll have a different way. Like, Chris Finch has been creative with trying to get Carl Hay Towns uh, up higher on screens and um, being, being more aggressive. And uh, so, like, I, I've, I've appreciated that. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I worry that it's going to – you're going to cr- crowd things up a little bit for, um, you know, Anthony Edwards. And you might be thinking, well, well, Vanderbilt essentially was, like, the five on offense uh, for this team. Okay, yeah, sure. But uh, guess who was guarding him? Fours, right? Or whoever you didn't care about. Uh, if you wanted to stash, maybe you have a point guard like that that you like wanted to hide. You could stash him on on Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt's not going to, you know, not going to be uh, doing anything. He's just in the dunker spot. He's he's out of the way, and so any help you have rotating overs, not a five. Well, guess what? If you have Rudy Gobert there, now that the five is defending him, right? The five is defending Rudy Gobert. And that means you're probably having a four defend Carlton Towns. We're thinking, oh, well, great. Now you can go ahead and punish uh, the four for them playing someone small. But the problem is, where's Rudy Gobert? Like, you don't have the spacing uh, to be able to operate without all that extra help crowding the lane for them. And, and you know, Anthony Edwards, you just, I just look at it and I think to myself, I think offensively you're going to run into some issues. Defensively, uh, Rudy Gobert is going to help them a whole lot in the regular season playoffs i start to wonder uh because i i don't see like i i i just don't like i don't know i i just i begin i begin to worry um a, a, a little bit on, on on that end in the uh uh once you get to the playoffs play play a team like the clippers um i don't know it just ooh. they got slow-mo that's helpful um and i thought he'd be a good fit next to um, Carl Anthony Towns. It, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it I understand you have like, to go all in. Yeah, but. it almost seems like, because Minnesota, before they made this trade, before the other trade, John, DeJounte Murray happened, I feel like they were looking at where we're going to throw our first round draft picks to, Gobert or Murray. Mm-hmm. That's what it mm-hmm. seemed like. I would have, maybe you think differently than me, Richard, but I would have rather had Murray 
with the I don't know what package it would have been able to do. I mean, Murray would have been a lot cheaper to get as far as like money wise. They still would have included some picks as we saw what Atlanta did, not as much. But I I would have rather had Murray come in. I don't know what what are you because I feel like that would have been a better fit because right now I'm trying to think if we write the lineups regular season, they could be all right for most games. But once you get to the postseason, that's what I'm really worried about for this team. Yeah, I, I mean, getting Murray, um, I you, I mean, it, it cost at least two uh, unprotected first round picks, a a pick, um, uh, a pick swap, and another first. Um, that was Charlotte's first, which is yeah. Anyways, um, probably gonna be a, a middling first if if we're, if we're being honest there. Um, and and Gallo, which they which they waived. I look at it, and the problem with this Timberwolves team is uh, the obvious um, salary. Like, Gallo was helpful because he's an expiring deal. Uh, and you can just go ahead and wave him and look at D'Angelo Russell. Like, okay, he's got one more year, but that's $30 million of of money. So do we really want to, like, wave that guy? Um you know, you you start looking around and uh, the Pat Beverly deal. I, I got to pull up Utah's um, books here. Uh, you know, Malik Beasley, two years, right? Pat Bev, I guess he has one year, but then, uh, so I, I guess you could have done, you know, Pat Patrick Beverly and 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 the first and 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 had have gotten there. I don't know. I. Uh, the the thing about Rudy Gobert that 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 you do get is you a hundred percent get like the best defensive um, situation that you possibly could. Carlton Towns cannot play um, the five defensively, um, and it, you expect to be be competent on that end. Like the reason why that had to be so aggressive is because he can't play a drop, he can't rim protect, um, uh, or, or or switch in the ways that he needs to. And so because of uh, because you got out and got Rudy Gobert, you've got a way to make your defense especially daunting. Like they're going to be up there, uh, you know, they're going to be able to protect the rim better than anyone uh, this year. It, it, so, so like at least you get that. Like at least you get um, uh, you get to be especially good at something. With Dejounte Murray, you know, you're still going to have issues. You're, you're still going. I mean, is he? He's better than Patrick Beverly defensively, um, and he gives you some unique stuff offensively. But but now you got to figure out a way to make Anthony Edwards, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and Shante Murray uh, fit. I mean, I still think they're looking for a Russell trade. I don't know where it is. I don't know what out, what's out there. Um, I would have said, hey, let's do a Kyrie for uh, D'Angelo Russell type thing, but that doesn't seem like a thing that Kyrie would want. So it would 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 mess things up, and you don't have the picks anymore to to really make that happen i i don't know i i don't love um there are parts that make me concerned but i'll tell you this i'm gonna watch some timberwolves games it's gonna be real fun um i can't wait to i can't wait to see what that looks like yeah i mean i think for me it's just interesting i know i may be skipping ahead but just looking at how many first round picks are flying for not just the rudy gobert deal but also the john T. murray deal to atlanta where you got like some mm-hmm. I mean, Atlanta's just throwing out those unprotected picks, just like we're throwing you at least two unprotected picks from. I'm like, man. And 
And I think with Atlanta, you kind of look at it as, well, we know how good Trey Young is, and we know defensively he is a huge negative on the defensive end, so those hard guard assignments, let's bring in Murray to handle those hard guard assignments. And let's go ahead and do that and put our eggs in that basket. It's going to cost us some draft capital, but we're able to keep the core players of our roster, which is what really matters to us, which you're kind of just like, yeah, that makes sense. And we know Atlanta, I mean, I, they're probably still have a move for, I feel like John Collins is still going to be, I feel like he might be on the way out. That That's the sense I'm getting because Atlanta, I'm yeah, thinking I think I, like, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking future salary as well. I mean, cause some of these guys you're going to have to start paying pretty soon. Some of your young guys, like they want to keep Hunter. He's been such a positive asset for them. And then Okumbu, he's been, I feel like such a good center for them and he's a good modern center. So, you know, those guys are going to eventually get paid. So why not go for it? Actually, they didn't, I didn't mind the Atlanta deal as much. I wouldn't have loved giving up so much unprotected, but that deal, I didn't, I didn't mind as much. I think they're just kind of like, oh man, we did all that. And Kevin Durant maybe could have been had. I don't think that the Atlanta's like, I don't think John Collins and Capella and like all the picks do it for, um, for them either. So maybe it you know doesn't matter, but it's like I look at it. I'm I'm curious to see how how the fit works offensively. I'm curious to see what Trey Young will do off the ball. Um, I do think that you're like you still have some issues. Like they they got off some money uh, and and had like it, of Herder. They sent him out for a first round pick. Um, thought that was a fine bit of business. Um, uh, it, either way, who knows? Um, Kings needed a wing, and there you go. Uh, but it's, it, it seems to me as though you're still going to have issues. I don't know if this doesn't really get them anywhere. Uh, I would have, I'll tell you, I would rather seen Rudy Gobert on this team, um, yeah. because, uh, Trey Young can only play in, you know, he can't switch. He can only play in a particular style of defensive coverage, which is, Hey, happens to be the same type of defensive coverage that Rudy Gobert is good at. So like, I would think I would prefer, <laughs> um, like the reverse of, of, of where these guys went, but Hey, who knows? We'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, there, we got one more trade Go ahead. that we want to talk about. That's Malcolm Brogdon, uh, to Boston. I'll let you take, I'll let you handle this one. Uh, what is it and how you feel about it? All right. So they get, it's Boston's 23 first. And then Boston also threw in Daniel Tice, Aaron Newsmith, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, and Juwan Morgan. Essentially, at this point, we know the Pacers are not trying to be competitive. They finally decided we're going to be sellers. And Miles Turner has also been rumored to be on the move, which I think it's a smart move to do right now. The Pacers pretty much have just been hovering around playing tournament, just doing that. I think, for me, I think what changed the trajectory was that Victor Oladipo quad injury that happened in 2019. I think they kind of felt like, oh, a healthy Victor Oladipo playing at an all-star level, all-NBA level as well. We could actually make some damage taking the Cavaliers seven games. But after that happened, I feel like that changed everything. And they saw not much is happening. And they finally decided to hit that reset button. And like you said, if you're going to go and decide to make yourself not competitive, this is the year to do it for the 2023 draft, which is exactly what they did. Now, with the pieces that they got, like, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you the truth, Richard. Like, some people, I, I heard a lot of chatter was like, oh, the Pacers got fleeced, yada, yada, yada. From my end, I'm looking at it as they've been trying to get off Brogdon's contract. There's no point of keeping Brogdon. They want to give, I mean, a lot of those minutes we know the primary ball handler, it's it's Halliburton. I mean, that that's where it's at. He's the primary ball handler of this team moving forward. Just drafted a guard. 
probably want to see what he's at. They have Duarte, who's another guard that you have. And you kind of pick up these pieces. And I wouldn't be surprised, of course, if not everyone makes it through that long with the Pacers, all these pieces that they got. But they still got some cap space going. This is a team that they want to field. Part of me thinks, I was like, man, they probably looked at the Detroit model and see, like, Detroit puts a team that it's not going to be like, hey, we're going to be a championship caliber team, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to give you some good basketball. And I think the Pacers kind of look at like, what can we do to do that? We just need some solid guys. And I am mad at the trade because also to Brogdon's injury history, well documented from Milwaukee now to Indiana. And maybe it could work out. He goes on the Celtics, got good injury luck because sometimes guys just have bad luck with injury. Or it could be here he is playing like 40 games a season for Boston. But I'm not bad at the trade. I think that it's a. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, no one got fleeced. I just, I just, I like it for Boston. I like Brogdon going to Boston, uh, and so I think because of that fit, it, people look at from the Pacers' perspective and say, "Oh, well, you know, if, if it's so good for Boston, well, they, you know, they made made a mistake. Well, maybe the mistake is not having not traded Brogdon sooner." But you look at it, it's like, "All right, well, we got a first round pick. Um, yeah, it's from Boston, and um, you know." Uh, actually, it might, be the, it might be from. Uh, is it Boston's own pick or someone else's? I don't know. I would. I want to say Boston. Um, I want to say it's Boston's. Uh, I don't know if they've. Um, yeah, I think Boston only had their their own first round pick. So I think uh, that pick it will be heading over. Um, you get Aaron Neesmith an opportunity to you know, uh, he he was not getting any run in in Boston, so. I don't think that there's tons there. Didn't love him coming out, uh, but hey, guess what? You get the opportunity now. You need you need some wings um, uh, yep. to to take some shots. And yeah, you just have a lot of young guys. You have a lot of centers too, so something's gonna happen. Miles Turner probably on the way out. We'll see. Uh, but the thirty one million dollars, um, it's like, well, do you go out and just say, hey, uh, do we want to like the Pacers could totally um, uh, mess everything up. If they just say, you know what, DeAndre Aiden, you want your max? Uh, here it is. Come sign it. He, if he signs that trade, if, if he signs an offer sheet, sign and trades are off the table. Yeah, um, that's it. And that doesn't happen. But like, but it, so it then, all depends. It all depends how Pritchard, our, our GM, how sloppy he wants to get with it. Because, I mean, it's 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 the most obvious thing that Aiden's going to be in the package for Kevin Durant. And the Suns are probably pursuing some type of package to get a Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, I just like it. It's like they could blow the whole thing up. Now, here's the thing: they would probably, honestly, want to do it more as a, uh, like, I don't know how you do this, where it's like they could approach Suns and say, "Hey, we're going to sign him to an offer sheet, max de- max deal." Um, and the Suns are probably like, "Please wait, we might get Kevin Durant," and they're like, "Nope, we're going to do it." But if you want to do a sign and trade right now and get Miles Turner back, then we'll do that right now. Otherwise, we're going to sign him. Like. If if you're if you're the you just gotta be if you're the Suns you're just in a, in a world of hurt at that point. Um, so Man, I think, but we'll see. Because I'll tell you this, Pacers ownership is notoriously notoriously cheap. They always are trying to save money, so it could be ownership could tell the GM you have like space. You yeah, have so much space. But and I know and I know uh, per NBA rules they have to use a certain amount of. Of cap, right? Like, there's an NBA rule. Yeah, but they'll, they'll get there eventually. You I know, mean, I was, someone's going to get dumped there, or they're going to make it. I don't know. It, it'll happen. They'll probably pick up some expiring or something. 
do something like that. but uh, i didn't i didn't think about that how they can screw with the suns like that just kind of be like totally it's grimy they mess this whole thing up but yeah i mean they're within their rights and Aiden is within his rights as a player to if someone has an offer sheet for him to hey i can sign this offer sheet yep 100 percent problem is yeah again if they do that if they actually sign your sheet then you've got Aiton, turner uh tice Bidatse, uh isaiah jackson um uh, who, who else? I missed someone else. Uh, Jalen Smith, right? So, oh, yeah, they just re-signed Jalen Smith. I think the other joke I've seen though is, even though they got Daniel Tice, eventually he's going to be gone by midseason and find his way back to Boston. That's the he always finds his way back. But I always. can see, I can definitely see though, um, something happening like that i mean i feel like the pacers already before the trade deadline were kind of enticed by or during the trade deadline were enticed by Aiden at the time i think that rumor was sabonis for Aiden, kind of doing a trade right there that was the which i personally think that would help out the suns during their playoff run i'm just gonna point that out maybe defensively it's still tough but we'll see we'll see how it goes um hopefully by this time next week we have a we have trades that have you know, occurred and happened. Um, and uh, I guess next week we'll talk about some of the free agent signings uh, that have been made, what we think about them. And hopefully things are cooling down by then. And uh, we, can, we can enjoy Summer League. Hey, we, right. got, we got something to look forward to in Summer League, right? There we go. Uh, and I think maybe we can plan for next year a Hero Ball trip to Summer League because that's going to be a good Summer League to go to next year. Would be fun. I'll say that much. Ha <laughs> ha.